Beltone Hearing Aid Center presents The Drive. Ready, fight! The Drive. Elmore deep, left side three, it's good! From 30 feet, John Elmore! The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome into the Tuesday, November 6th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. This hour, we're going to hear from Marshall head football coach Doc Holliday, get his thoughts on the upcoming game with the Charlotte 49ers. Also, got a couple conversations for you. Ryan B. and Chase Hancock. Had a chance to catch up with those guys today, so we're going to hear from them. Take your phone calls as well at 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. So we got a lot to get into. The Thundering Heart is also playing basketball. That's getting underway tomorrow. We'll have that game for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And as a result of basketball coverage tomorrow, no show tomorrow. Instead, we're going to go on the air 5.30 with our pregame coverage of Marshall and Eastern Kentucky. So that's coming up tomorrow. But today, we've got football and basketball to talk about. Now, at this point, we're looking ahead. We're moving on, talking about Marshall and Charlotte. The team for the past few days, they've put the loss behind them. They're focusing on the importance of this game. One, because it's the next game. You hear that a lot from these guys. Also, This is the game that marks the anniversary of the plane crash. This is the game that you you remember that. You honor those guys. You played the game closest to the date of the tragedy every year, and it falls on Charlotte this year. So they'll put the 75 on their helmets, and they'll do a lot of things leading up to the game to remember those that perished in that plane crash. This is an opportunity also for Doc Holliday, his staff, to really educate the team on this is what it means, this is why this is important. So a lot of that's going on this week, and as you'll hear in some of these conversations, we'll talk about that a lot more than maybe the game itself because that's just how important it is. But we'll still talk about the game, and Doc Holliday will get into the game as well. And we're going to hear about that here in a little bit. But going back to the loss against Southern Miss, it's easy for us to question after a fact, and I'm talking about specifically, why did Doc Holliday make the decision to replace his quarterback and put Isaiah Green back in? Kid hadn't played in a few weeks, and you put him back in under a minute to go, and the next thing you know, you've got a situation where there's a, a turnover, Southern Miss scores, and instead of possibly going in at halftime, the score is tied, Momentum really not on either side right now. You've got to come out and battle the second half. Instead, Southern Miss has got the momentum. They've got the lead. And you're sitting there, you're wondering, why does Doc Holliday make that decision? Again, it's easy for us to to question that. I questioned it. I still questioned it. I wouldn't have done that. I'm not the head coach, though. I'm not paid to make those decisions. I work in radio. I'm not a football coach. And most of you aren't football coaches either. So we're fans, we're listeners, we're uh, supporters, we're media. But we do have opinions, and a lot of us are scratching our head. Why do you make that? But we have moved on. Doc Holliday, though, I'm going to give him a lot of credit. First of all, 
after the press conference, we're getting up and getting ready to go. We've asked all our questions. We've talked to him. We're looking ahead to, to the game. Charlotte's our focus because how many ways can we talk about Southern Miss? We're moving on. It's not a matter that you know we just want to keep bringing it up. We don't want to keep dredging it up. It's just we've moved on. We're moving ahead. We're looking at Charlotte. Doc, we're getting up ready to go, and Doc stops us and says, basically, hang on. He wants to say something to us. And I've got that queued up for you. Doc pretty much spells out why the decision was made, why he did it, and honestly, how he felt about it before, after, and it's pretty emotional to listen to him as this audio cut goes. It, it's about two minutes. I mean, we're done with the press conference, and he basically answers the question that we kind of want to ask him, but we're not going to because we're looking ahead, we're moving on. So he does it for us, and he basically, and you'll hear, he takes all responsibility and explains why. So here's Doc Holliday. As we're leaving, he wants to say one more thing to us, and here he is talking about why that happened, why that change was made, what was going on in the decision process, and, and honestly, how he felt about it and how he feels about it. You know, I, there's been some there's been some things on the on the, you know why we did what we did, and I'm sure everybody's got would like to ask that question. But I'm going to tell you why we did what we did at the quarterback position. And uh, I think number one, you know, we felt like we needed a spark, all right, because offensively we weren't doing uh, what we wanted to get done offensively. So we felt like we had a quarterback that we needed to make that change at that point, and we felt like we wanted to be aggressive at that point offensively. And hindsight's 2020. Uh, knowing what we know now, it probably wasn't a great decision. It wasn't a great decision. Uh, if he would have thrown a 30-yard seam down there and it would have been completed and we kicked a field goal or scored a touchdown, then it probably would have been the greatest decision ever made. So just, uh, I just, uh, you know, that, and going back to the, uh, you know, going back, if you take a look back, I'm not saying it's the same situation, but if you go back to the Middle Tennessee game that we played, we had the exact amount within five or six seconds on the clock of, I think it was 54 seconds left in the half. We were aggressive again offensively, and in 17 seconds we scored a touchdown, and we went in 17 to seven at the half. All right, and which which was a great decision at that point. And uh, just you know, number number one, you know, as a head football coach, you know, there's no question after the fact. It's easy for us to sit back and say we've made a great decision or we made a bad decision at that point. I'll be honest with you, you know, I feel terrible about that decision because it hurt our football team. You know, it hurt our football team. And, uh, you know, I can assure you one thing, you know, as, as the head football coach here, I'm responsible for all those decisions uh, regardless. And I can assure you I love this university and I love this football team and I love what this community is all about. And we're going to work extremely hard to put these kids in a situation to win. And that's all, that's all I care about, okay? And, uh, you know, like I say, we're not perfect. We are on Mondays and we are on Sundays, but we're not perfect at the time on Saturdays. And, again, uh, you know, I just uh, that, that's a situation that we felt was the right thing to do at the time, as it turned out it wasn't, and that's on me. And I take full responsibility for that. And uh, that being said, that uh, like I say, it's uh, we're going to do everything we can possibly do to win football games around here. I can assure you that. So that answers the question. Why Donk do that? Thought it was the right call, looking for a spark. And I think we've been fair in our criticism. I hope we've been fair in our criticism. 
because on the one hand, he's exactly right. I think I echoed that earlier throughout the week and when we were talking about it on Saturday that if all of a sudden they don't have that turnover and they are moving the ball down the field real quick and then they get a field goal, you're thinking about, okay, that's what the herd needed. That was a shot in the arm that the herd needed and they've got the momentum and that was the great call by Doc. That was what this team needed at the right time. But instead, it results in the turnover. It results in the Southern Miss turnover and the momentum going to Southern Miss. And then they go back out, take the knee, go into the locker room at halftime, trailing. Southern Miss has got the momentum. The herd did fight back, but turnovers did kill the herd. That was one of them. Now, again, I would have not wanted to make that decision. I would have taken the knee, gone into the locker room at halftime, come out in the second half. I've got my quarterback change. That's what I would have done. If I was asked to make that call, what are you going to do? That's what I'm going to do. But it's not my call to make. It's Doc Holliday's call. And honestly, I hope you heard that emotion in his voice because you know if you see the video on his face, he was really tearing up. He felt really bad about that and felt hurt. Not hurt that we're attacking him, and I don't think we're attacking him. As some of you might be. I can't speak for, your, for you. I can only speak for myself. But he knows that hurt the team. That was a, a call that now, in hindsight, was a bad call. But he's right. If you move the ball, you go down the field, and all of a sudden, your field goal range or you get a touchdown, that's a great call. So Doc Holliday proved one thing today. He's human you got to give him credit. He, he owned up to it, as he would. He's the head coach. You didn't hear him making excuses. You didn't hear him blaming his, his team, his coaches, anybody. Didn't put that off as, you know, hey, that's something that the coaches drew up, whatever. It's like, hey, I'm the head coach. I make the decisions around here. Ultimately, all the decisions are on me. If I think that's a bad call, we're not going to do it. If I think it's a good call, we're going to do it. It's on me. So, Got to give Doc Holliday credit for that. Some of you will, and I know some of you won't, but that's Doc's explanation for what happened. He takes ownership of it. He takes responsibility for it. He He's the one that brought it up to us today. We did not ask him to address it. We did not go there as a core of media. We were done, and he wanted to talk about it and bring that up, so that was how he ended the press conference. Now, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about how he started the press conference and get into, of course, the game itself. Marshall's taking on Charlotte. We'll talk about that. We'll hear a little bit later on from Ryan B. and Chase Hancock. We'll get into this Marshall basketball game with Eastern Kentucky. Busy week of herd athletics coming up. It all starts tomorrow with basketball. And we'll cover it all right here on The Drive. I'm your host, Paul Swan, presented by Belltown Hearing Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition. Paul Swan, your host for this edition of The Drive, presented by Belltown Hearing Aid Center. We're getting closer to Marshall and Charlotte. That's coming up this Saturday Jones C. Edwards Stadium. Looking forward to a great crowd. Again, this is an important game because this is the game which Marshall University designates as the game we're going to honor 
the victims of the plane crash, and that includes players, the the boosters, everyone that was on that plane crash. This is the game in which they designate, hey, we honor them every day, but we're gonna we're gonna bring it out even more here, just to bring attention to it, remind our kids, our players, you know, even maybe remind some of the members of the community why um, it's important. As we're getting closer to 50 years, uh, it's still important for a lot of people. So it's a big game for for Doc, and we're going to talk more about that as we progress with uh, with Doc here. But Doc, of course, as you heard uh, at the um, at the onset of the show, and if you missed it, go back to the podcast and catch it at wrvc.com. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, tune in. We are also on Spotify, so if you uh, you miss any part of the show, I invite you to go back and, and listen to it. But Doc, as he always does, uh, addresses uh, the media, kind of gives us an overview of uh, what the opponent looks like. Uh, I can say this, uh, Isaiah Green's going to be your starter. So there's um, there's that. I don't know if that's the right decision or not. We'll find out on Saturday. After all, he knows what's going on with the team. I don't as far as the day-to-day and um, just what he feels he needs uh, to succeed for his team right now. So Green's going to be your starter. He feels that uh, Green's going to be the the guy to be uh, the one who can lead him to the most success. We'll see if that pans out for him. But here's Doc uh, talking about the upcoming game and the opponent, Charlotte. Here's his opening statement. As we all know, uh, the game that we always play here closest to November 14, 1970, uh, is the most important game we play all year. Uh, our players, we, we, uh, you know, we do a great job educating our kids of what the history of this school is all about. Uh, we bring in Keith uh, Morehouse, who, who's here, of course, today, and a lot of people to try to explain what the history is to our kids. Uh, they understand it. They know the importance of it. And uh, it's just so important that, uh, that we go out there and play our best football all year on that particular date. So that's uh, what happens to be this Saturday. Uh, I'm excited as a football coach to have all our ex-players come back and join us on the field uh, prior to the game. Uh, that'll be the first time we've done that, and that'll be a special, special deal. So I want to encourage all those guys that are out there to get back and join us and uh, help us go play a, a really a, a great game against a, a team, Charlotte, who Brad Lambert, who we all know, has done a great job with. I mean, you look at them, and statistically, defensively, they're one of the top teams in America. I mean, they held Tennessee last week to 19 yards rushing. Uh, Tennessee's offense scored seven points. Uh, their other seven points came off a of punt return. So they put they play great defense. Uh, they do a good job controlling the ball offensively. And uh, like I say, to Brad's credit, he's done a great job. He'll have his kids well prepared. And uh, we got to make sure that uh, ours are as well. So I know it's going to be a great day. The weather's going to be great. We're looking forward to a great crowd and, and excited about the game. To follow up on that, Doc was asked about the significance of this game, you know, the, the players know the significance of what this game's about, and uh, here's his response to that. Well, uh, you know, they need to, you know, and like I say, that's why we, you know, Keith, we work, and you're part of that. I mean, we work extremely hard educating these kids on, on what, when they come in here, a lot of them, they've seen the movie, and that's been about the extent of it, you know, and from that point on, we try to do a great job uh, this week, and, you know, Mark Gale does a great job, and, uh, you know, Rev, and, you know, we have a lot of people that, you know, we do something every day to make sure these kids understand how important this game is and what it means to our, our community, our fan base, and our school. And and uh, so, you know, by the time game rolls around, normally they've, they've got a good understanding of how important it is, and this week will be no different. 
onto the game itself, Doc was asked the question about how this team matches up. Specifically, does Doc like a game like this? Because if you look at Charlotte, their strength is going to be the run defense. Check that. Their strength is going to be the running game. Marshall's strength is going to be the run defense. So Doc was asked the question, do you like games like this where your best unit is going up against their best unit? I think there's no doubt that uh, you know this game is is very. I mean, it's it's you know, going to be our defense versus you know they're all. It's kind of similar. We're very similar teams right now at this point. You know, offensively and and you know defensively, I think we're playing pretty good defense as well. So it's going to be a battle of defense, and you know, like like they like seem like they always do is you, know, you got to find a way to win that turnover battle. That's what's going to come down to. I mean, that's what you know every game we've played this year. We take care of the ball. We've won. So. We're five and zero. We take care of the football. So if we can, we gotta find a way to make sure we do that again this week. Always a Marshall tie. Doesn't matter what it is. You can dig deep enough. There's always a Marshall connection. You don't have to dig too deep. You've got Brad Lambert. That's your Marshall connection for this one. And Doc was asked about the progression of not just Coach Lambert, but what he's been able to do with his team. Here's Doc's response to that. You know, the one thing, you know, Brad, I mean, he just, he's, he just, he does a tremendous job of coaching those guys up. You know, they're, they're extremely well coached. Uh, he does a great job with that. Uh, obviously, he's done a good job recruiting because he's got some guys on defense uh, as well as offensively that can, that can play. So, you know, I'm just, ha- you know, he's, uh, I'm happy for Brad every Saturday except for this one, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm happy that he's doing well and he's got that team playing really hard, but uh, we got to find a way to, to get, to find a way to beat them this week. One key component this game is the running attack of Charlotte. Benny LeMay, you look at him, he's their junior running back. He is uh, ranked right now third in rushing Conference USA. He is averaging almost 92 yards a game, and he's averaging almost 118 all-purpose yards a game. So he's going to be a, a focal point for the Thundering Herd for sure. So Doc was asked about him. The fact that yeah, he was pretty much a handful the last time the Thundering Herd faced off against him, but it seems like he's gotten bigger. And Doc's response to that: He is. He's about five eight, about five nine. He's about five ten. He's about two hundred and thirty pounds. He's very physical. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I know I heard Coach uh, Fuller uh, when we were meeting last night with the, with the defense that, that you know show me five clips where somebody has brought him down. You know, one, he's a little. He's similar to Singletary. He's hard to get, you know, you know, tackle with just one guy. He makes the first guy miss, and uh, you know, so we got to rally to the ball as we did with Singletary. It'll be the same type of challenge we had there, but he's a little bit more bigger, a little more physical. Moving on to the defensive unit for Charlotte, question was asked of Doc about just the talent they have, and uh, here's Doc's uh, appraisal of that unit. Yeah, they do. They're very. They got you know. They got. They haven't got that safety back there. It just makes plays all over the place. And they, their right tackle is an NFL guard. I mean, he's going to be a draft pick uh, in the NFL as a guard, and he's playing right tackle for him. But you know, they've got they got good players, and uh, they had that back LeMay a year ago that uh, was a really a couple years ago, a really good player. And uh, so he's he's done a nice job. I mean, they got good, they got great facilities, a great location, and. You know, there's, I think somebody told me and it wasn't like that when I was at NC State, but there's like 30 or 35 pro, Division One prospects in the Charlotte area this year. So that's, you know, that's, it's a great recruiting area for them, and they've done a nice job of getting those kids to stay home. 
On the flip side, the question was asked of Doc just to kind of evaluate his defense. Uh, defense did play pretty well in that loss against Southern Miss. We did. You know, we did. You know, unfortunately, we got the one fake field goal where, you know, Drayton had him covered, and unfortunately, we got the inter- interference call there. And be, be honest with you, they got the uh, jailbreak screen and they got the uh, reverse. That was about the extent of it, and a couple penalties on, on there that were. Uh, you know, but that being said, uh, you know, got to play. We got to eliminate the penalties, and we got to eliminate penalties, and we got to take care of the ball. That's where, that's where that game was was lost. So we got to do a better job of doing those things. I think that's a fair evaluation. It wasn't the offensive showcase for both of these teams, but if you do look at where the Thundering Herd did not succeed, hanging on to the ball, that was one of the big problems for the Marshall. If Marshall hangs on to the ball, well. I think you're already talking about a a game that's a little bit more competitive. And I think you're talking about a game that Marshall might have won. But that is uh, something in the past now and something that's also in the past, and hopefully it doesn't carry over into the future, is Tyree Brady. One reception, 17 yards. Doc was asked, how do you get him more involved in this game? We got to do a better job of uh, of making plays, putting him in position to make plays, and when he's putting, and uh, you know, unfortunately in that uh, in that in that game we did not make enough plays, uh, you know, offensively to win the game. So uh, that being said, we got to do a better job of taking care of it, and when you get the opportunity to make plays, we got we got to throw it, and we got to catch it. That's Doc Holiday from earlier this afternoon. When we come back, we've got a couple of conversations to get to. We got Ryan B. We're gonna get his thoughts on the upcoming game talking about the memorial itself, the game surrounding that. Also, Chase Hancock, we're going to hear from him. If we get time, we'll hear from uh, Nazi Johnson, maybe a little Malik Gant for you as well. We'll talk some herd basketball and take your phone calls at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. We've got more on the way. It's The Drive. I'm your host, Paul Swan, presented by Beltone Hearing Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Belltone Hearing Aid Center. You're listening to The Drive. I'm your host, Paul Swan. ESPN 94.1 FM, AM 930. You can also catch us online WRBC.com. We've got coming up. Chase Hancock going to get his thoughts in a few minutes as far as the, the game, Charlotte, the significance of everything. But first up, I had a chance earlier this afternoon to catch up with Ryan B. And I started out asking Ryan just to kind of give me an outline, talk to me a little bit about the game itself. You've got Charlotte. At the same time, everything that goes into the fact that this is the game you honor the 75 victims of the Marshall plane crash. And uh, here's uh, Ryan B. from earlier this afternoon addressing that question and more. We say every game's a big game because it's the next one, but this one's just bigger, you know, because it's the, uh, the anniversary and um, remembering, you know, why and how we're all here because of those 75 people. And, um, you know, it just takes that much more to, uh, to lock in, prepare this week, and make sure we uh, honor them the right way. What's this game mean to you? Uh, I mean, you've been around for a while. What's this game personally meant to you or mean to you? Oh, just like I said, just honoring them. You know, um, without them, we wouldn't we wouldn't be here. You know, playing uh, 
playing football today and uh you know honoring them with the win is is very important you know i've been here for five years or going on five years and we've never lost this game so you know it's just it's important to keep that uh tradition up and you've got the younger guys who maybe haven't been through this yet or haven't experienced it the way you have is there any you talking to them telling them what to expect what to feel or what, what's going to happen oh absolutely you know we've been talking about it in, in team meetings and in the locker room and stuff you know we got a lot of new coaches here too that haven't um been able to witness that you know been to the fountain ceremony and stuff like that so it's uh um it's a big week for you know just reminding them of of uh, what all that means to, to the program. Yeah, and not to get lost. You know, Charlotte's coming in as well, so there's that to, to, to deal with. What's your early impression? What have you seen of them so far? Well, uh, you know, um, as far as up front, uh, their offensive line, they got um, a lot of returning guys. You know, we've been playing the same the same alignment for uh, like four, three or four years now. So uh, you know, we've um, been around each other and. Uh, you know, just just another challenge. Um, their their quarterback, he's a, a shifty guy. You know, he he can uh, get out of the pocket and, and extend plays, run the ball. So uh, just a big challenge of the D line is getting around him and keeping him contained and getting him on the ground. In the last couple of years, you know, it's it's sort of been a dogfight with Charlotte. They came in in 2016 and, and squeaked one out, and then last year it was sort of one of those. You know, defensive struggle type games, and it seems like they they're starting to find their identity as a program and, and be that running physical team, where which is kind of a different dynamic from CUSA teams. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Charlotte's a team that you know they got a um, a veteran group of offensive linemen. They're gonna they're gonna want to establish a run game, and uh, obviously, it's our job as a defensive line and, and defense in general is is to uh, to stop that. You know, you want to make them one dimensional. So. Uh, that's um, going to be an emphasis this week in practice, you know, just stopping the run and uh, forcing him to pass. What have you seen from Benny LeMay, the running back? Like, what, what does he bring to the table that maybe some other guys don't? No, he's, uh, he's a guy right up there. He's one of the top running backs in our league. You know, he's not going to um, just fall down after the first tackle. You know, he's going to take hits and, and keep moving the balls. You know, we got to um, rally around him and, and get him on the ground as a, you know, kind of gang tackle him, I guess. What has been your all's biggest success, especially in a run game? I mean, you all been consistent throughout the years in limiting the opposition. What makes you all successful in rush defense? Um, I think just just that, like I said, you know, um, the whole defense running to the ball. You know, we make it a point in practice. Uh, is um, by the time the film stops, we want at least like nine or ten guys in the in the screen at least, just so you know we're um, corralling around the ball to uh, to get it on the ground, no matter who who we're playing that week, whether they're more run team or not, just uh, just make it a habit. They're kind of built around their defense and field position and that kind of thing. How does that show up in their offense? Is this a team that's just wanting to move the chains, but will not going to do something crazy, willing to punt and play field position, that kind of thing? Well, you know, they're they're an offense that uh, they're going to take their shots um, just as much as anyone else to uh, to kind of stretch out that defense a little bit. You know, let let the DBs and stuff know that they're. They're willing to take shots just as well as they're um, able to run it. So uh, you know, it's uh, um, just another thing we got to prepare for and lock in for. That's Ryan B from earlier. Now we got a chance to catch up with Chase Hancock as well. And same line of questioning, just to start out. Just want to get Chase's thoughts on the fact that this is the week where you honor the seventy-five. You got Charlotte coming in, so that's important. You want to win the game but everything else that goes along with it. And so here's Chase 
answering that question, kind of giving us his thoughts on everything, and then following that up on a few questions about the game itself and just what this game really means. But here's Chase Hancock after asking him just to kind of sum up what everything means. You've got Charlotte coming in, and you've got the game that honors the 75. Um, well, I mean, for me, you know, I've, I've been through it before. So um, I know that this week is that much more important because we're trying to honor the 75. Um, and then, you know, Charlotte, Charlotte is, you know, trying to be bowl eligible. We're just trying to win our next game. Um, so there's a lot that goes into it. But, um, you know, we just got to take it one day at a time, really. And um, just try to put last games behind last game behind us, and um, just look forward to winning the next game. What's this week mean to you personally? You've been through it for a while now. Uh, every time I, I go through it, I get it's it's a real emotional experience for me um, because it means a lot. And um, you know, that, that was a. A sacrifice that was made and um so whenever I play whenever I put the helmet on I just I try to make sure that I honor them as much as I can and so um I think last year as we were watch, walking out uh, I got kind of teary-eyed and because it, it it really is it means a lot when you talk to the younger guys who haven't been through it or the coaches even haven't been through it you know, what are you saying to them what are you telling them <laughs> This is why we play. This is why, you know, this is why you're here. This is, this is their story is our story, and we're, we have to continue to, um, you know, honor them by how we play. And um, that was very important. And it seems like, oh, just, you know, we have to touch touch the helmet when we come in and out of the building. And it seems like, well, it's just a helmet. No, it's, it's bigger than that, and it's just bigger than football. Um, so I think. As the week goes along, they'll start to realize that more and more. And then, you know, as the coaches talk about, um, you know, the lives that were lost, I think it'll it'll start to stick with them. Yeah. The game itself, um, you know, that's the thing that uh, everyone's here to see on Saturday. Uh, what's your early impression of Charlotte? You know, what have you seen? You know, what have you, you noticed about them this year? Um, I think the line does a good job of blocking. Um, the running back, uh, it's usually multiple guys having to take him down, so he's a strong runner. Um, quarterback does a good job too. I've seen him make some, uh, you know, some tough passes. You know, step up in the pocket. Um, so I mean, every year that we play Charlotte, you know, we expect their best, and um, they always give us a good game. So um, I don't know. I'm just looking forward to it because it's the next game, and like I said, we're just we're trying to win. The emotion right before this game every year, it seems like the entire place goes from solemn right before you all come out. What What's that switch like when it flips from somber, uh, reverent almost, to violent, intense? Let's get like how, how unique of a dynamic is that? Because it seems pretty intense. I think it's very unique. Um, I mean, because – I feel like they're with us out there on the field, and it's just something in the atmosphere that's different. Um, and I think everybody can attest to that. Um, you know, it is sad, and um, but you know, we have, we rose from the ashes. You know, so um, we have to continue to move forward and 
and just keep in mind that we carry them with us. Benny LeMay, the running back. <laughs> you know, how have you seen him progress last year? Uh, obviously, he was a talented guy, but it seems like he's taken it to another level this year. I think so. Um, I think he's gotten bigger, he's gotten stronger, he's gotten faster. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just remember having to hit him and, you know, it, you have to, to bring your pads with you. So, um, I mean, he's he's probably one of the best leagues in, in the league right now. So, um, it's going to be a great challenge for us as a defense. And I think we've been doing a good job as far as, you know, stopping the run and um, making sure we shut the offense down. So I think we're just going to have to continue to do that, and I think we'll be fine. Do you like the fact that it's strength on strength? Their strengths are running game. Mm -hmm. Their strength is run defense, and it's like, all right, let, let's line them up and see who's good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, may the best man win. Um, I mean, I just – I know what we have. I know what we're capable of. We just have to show up and play like that on, on Saturday. That's Chase Hancock giving his thoughts and feelings on the game coming up. Not only his uh, breakdown of Charlotte, just the emotional factor, how important this game is to him as well. When we come back from break, uh, we're going to hear a little bit from Nazi Johnson. i got Malik Gant for you as well as we continue on with this edition of The Drive presented by Belltown Hearing Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday, November 6th edition. I'm your host, Paul Swan. This is The Drive. We're presented by Belltown Hearing Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're getting closer to a pretty busy week in martial sports. A couple of basketball games to get into. We've also got football coming up on Saturday. Just a programming note. We won't have a regular show tomorrow. Instead, our pregame coverage of Marshall at Eastern Kentucky begins at 5.30 right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 9.30. So last couple of days, I've had a chance to catch up with some of the players uh, during player interviews. Doc Holliday was today. Uh, yesterday, had a, a chance to catch up with Nazi Johnson. And really, I started out with him the same way I've started out with most of these guys. Just want to get a feeling for what this game is this week. It's Charlotte. It's the plane crash game. I mean, for a better way to describe it, this is the game you honor the plane crash victims. And so the significance is real. The symbolism is there. And so I just want to get a, a breakdown of what this week is like, what this is going to be like for him with this game and the fact that it's the game that symbolizes the honoring of the 75. And here's Nazi's reply to that as we talked to him yesterday. Yeah, it's, um, I can't wait this weekend. And it's more important because it's a 75 game. So be back in front of the fans, it's going to be great. We'll talk about that game. I mean, obviously you weren't born, so you know this, this all happened you know, mm -hmm. way before you, but what is your connection? What's the importance to you personally for a game like that about a tragedy that happened so long ago? Just um, basically, um, I wasn't born at the time, but I learned a lot through playing football here. And um, basically this game basically put me in the position I am now. Um, WKU last year, um, again, changed my life and it changed a lot of people's life um, around the community and stuff like that. Um, so it's a very important game for everybody involved. Yeah. For the um, for the younger guys who haven't gone through it yet, what are you guys saying to them or what are you telling them about 
the whole experience, the whole oh. feeling of this thing? Uh, they're going to they're gonna find out during the week because we're doing things with the community uh, this week, um, like going to the fountain and stuff like that. So um, they're going to learn. Like, it's very serious. So we always talk about playing for 75, and now we get to put it on our helmets, our decals, and stuff like that. So if they're not um, introduced to it, it should be this week. So this is not a situation where, you know, it's just a saying, playing for your 75. I mean, they actually understand. Yeah, you know, yeah. They, they know what the meaning of that is. Yeah, it's they, not just a gimmick. Yeah, they understand the meaning of 75. So let's talk about Charlotte. Um, I know you, you saw their, or at least know what they did uh, last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, tough loss for them, um, but... Yeah. Really impressive. I mean, they haven't had the season they've wanted, but mm-hmm. you look at them, they're still a pretty good team despite that record. Yeah, they're they're a really good team. Uh, they turned the program around since uh, last year. Um, they have some weapons um, at the running back position, a uh, new quarterback now um, from Miami. Um, they got a lot of weapons. Um, they just got to – they're just young right now. When you saw that score uh, – what you think? You know, you saw how close that game was. Uh, it, it shocked me. They they still proving themselves. Like, oh, uh, we still proving ourselves. So, it's gonna be a good game this week. Um, I got induced to it. I think going into my 11th grade year when they started recruiting me. Um. I watched the movie, and then that's basically how I learned everything about Marshall is through the movie. And then I came down for a visit, the fountain, went to the fountain ceremony and stuff like that. So I got involved with it, and then I just became part of it ever since. Uh, it's, it's a very emotional game. It, it means a lot to everybody, and I was wearing uh, one of our equipment. Uh, video guys, uh, grandparents on my helmet, and I, I made a play that basically almost won us the game. So it just, it means a lot to everybody, and just to be a part of it, it's everything. It means a lot. That's Nazi Johnson from earlier this afternoon. I don't know if we're going to have enough time to get to Malik Gant. Um, let's try it. I think we can get to Malik Gant. Uh, here's Malik Gant, same question to him, just kind of getting a feeling for what this game means to him and everything on top of it. We know it's a major week coming off of a game where we really felt felt as though we could have got, and then going into a week where it's a 75 night, a big night for the team, for the community, and for alumni. And we know that uh, there's a lot that goes into this this week and preparation and mentality and everything that's on our minds and on our hearts going into the 75 game. So we know we just have to lock in and fix all the mistakes from last game. So this game would be a better outcome. What's this game mean to you personally? Uh, a lot. Uh, one of the reasons why I came to Marshall because it's, it, it's not like any other school. It's way more than football. Uh, it's a community that backs you up no matter you're losing, winning, haven't won a game yet because it's more than them than just the football going in the air and you know, who wins is who loses. And it's just a community that's had a tragedy is unlike anywhere else. So when you look at everything that's based around this, uh, this program, there is just so much support throughout the whole community. Expectations on this game are high. Fans want this one more than anything because it means so much. Uh, A lot of pressure. I'm sure you relish that, the fact that this is a must-win. Yeah. Most definitely. Each year, the 75 night is always, uh, Coach Doc always tells us that uh, each night you put your 75 on your helmet is way more than just a game. It's 
it's planned for all the people that lost their lives and that night and in the plane crash and all the people that lost relatives, family members and all that. And we just had to play with extra momentum and extra energy and everything just for that night for everybody that had a, a tragic moment. Looking at the game itself, Charlotte, uh, a lot better than the record indicates. If you look at the, the scoreboard from Saturday, you look at that Tennessee score, you're thinking that was a pretty good performance. <laughs> yeah, by most, yeah, most definitely. Watching the film and seeing uh, how much how talented their offense is, and they have one of the best defenses in Conference USA with the, all the talent they have on defense. And watching their offensive film, we know they have a uh, good offense that doesn't. Uh, Make a lot of turnovers. Don't, uh, they really know how to take care of the ball and have use time and possession. So we know we have the uh, lock in this week and focus on that. What are the challenges for you this week on that game? Uh, just focusing as a whole unit and for me just to make sure that we uh, don't make the mistakes we made penalty wise and uh, little minor things at the end of the game that really affected us last week and make sure we just make adjustments this week. You. you. You want to go one and zero every single week, whether that's a win or a loss. How do you reset after a week, whether good or bad? Uh, just having uh, short-term memory, forgetting everything that was negative or positive the week before, and just going into the next week preparing it the regular way you prepare for a game. Um, when the movie first uh, watched it, I just remember uh, sitting in my mother's room and we was watching uh, We Are Marshall. And that was probably in 2007. I think 2007, I was 10 years old. So I remember just watching it for the first time. And I was like, that, it was a tragic story. And ever since then, I wanted to go to Marshall. Down the line, it kind of changed. I wanted to go other places. Then I got back to one school that I always had in my mind was going to, going to Marshall. So I decided to walk on here. And that's just why it's so like precious for a 75 night. Because that's one of the main reasons why I came here. The movie resonates with a lot of people, and I think it's going to continue to resonate for a lot of kids for a long time to come. I mean, he's he's all in. It wasn't just a movie, and it's like wanting to come here because of a movie. Uh, I think you want to come here and be part of something, be part of the story. Yeah, these guys have unique stories and reasons why they came to Marshall, but uh, it's always good to hear some of that stuff and. We'll have a couple more, I think, tomorrow. Um, we'll try to get that in basketball. But we've got basketball coverage coming up tomorrow, 5.30. We're going to go in the air with Belltone Hearing Aid Center College Basketball today. We're going to break down Marshall's game with EKU. That's coming up. We'll go in the air with Steve Cotton at 6.30, tip off at 7. Then right after that, we'll come back for college basketball wrap-up. And then we'll break down what happened. Hopefully it's a herd victory. We're talking about game number one. And the herd getting off to a good start against Eastern Kentucky. EKU. For our producer, Gabriel Sellers, I'm Paul Swan. This has been the Tuesday edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Back tomorrow, 5.30. Different time than you're used to. 5.30 for our pregame coverage of Marshall basketball. Then we'll be back on schedule for Thursday and Friday. But tomorrow, basketball begins. We'll have our coverage starting at 5.30. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go back and catch it. You can catch it at the website, wrvc.com. Also, we're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio. We are on TuneIn. We're on Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast is where you get us. Good night. W-R-V.
227BS Huntington, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Huntington Sports Station.